You are listening to the sermon stream of the Mulvane Church of Christ in Mulvane, Kansas. Subscribe in your favorite podcatching app or find and listen to any sermon online at mulvanechurch.com slash sermons. In a number of the Psalms that we have been studying, we have said that you can look at them as the things that the author, nearly always David, because we have so many of these labeled as David, like tonight. Well, you can look at them at David, you can match them up to events in his life. Uh, you can see where those were appropriate uh, praises or concerns at the time. Tonight, we've also said, though, uh, that uh, there's a number of these psalms, many, many of these psalms, where if you read the king in it is Jesus instead of David, you actually have a, a higher level of fulfillment and, and a deeper level of meaning. Uh, and so we've sometimes given a double explanation, the David view and the view from the point of the Messiah. Tonight we're not going to do that, partly because it's a little longer and sometimes it gets tedious to go through things twice. But also, I think tonight we really should probably look at this one uh, primarily as messianic. Partly because, well, mainly often because, of verse 5. Hear the words of the Psalms, uh, Psalm 31, 5. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. Where do we know? Into your hands I commit my spirit. We know it from the cross. Luke 23, 46. So we're going to take this tonight uh, primarily as of Christ. We're going to see the situations that Christ found him in, himself in, his reliance upon God, the praise then that is to be directed at God as a summary because of this. Now, you can also, if you'd like, on your own, reread this psalm. I recommend that heartily. <laughs> Meditate upon it from the point of view of David and other faithful people. But we'll have our meditation and thought tonight. From, our, uh, from the point of view of our Lord. But in you, O Lord, I do take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Think about those who worked against Jesus, tried to put him to shame, embarrass him, trap him, trick him, destroy him. But he was most of all by God delivered. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. Be a rock and refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, you lead me and guide me. And who is ever more led, more fully and completely led by God and his way than Christ? You take me out of the net that they've hidden for me. For you are my refuge. Into my hand, into your hand, I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. I hate those who pay regard to worthless idols, but I trust in the Lord. I'll rejoice and be glad in your steadfast love, because you've seen my affliction. You have known the distress of my soul, and you have not delivered me into the hand of the enemy, but you have set my feet in a broad place. We think about all those who would destroy Jesus up until the time it was in the plan of God, his hour, his time. He was kept secure until it was time for him to be delivered for our sake. 
Verse 9, be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. Think about Gethsemane. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and my body also. For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity, my bones waste away. Again, we have David speaking, but I think most of this we think of Christ. Because all my adversaries, I become a reproach, especially to my neighbors and an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. I have been forgotten like one who is dead. I have become like a broken vessel, for I fear the whispering of many, terror on every side. And they scheme together against me as they plot to take my life. Again, David and Christ both. Other than that, Mention of iniquity, it's all more fully so of Christ. Verse 14, But I trust in you, O Lord. I said, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Rescue me from the hands of my enemies and from my persecutors. Make your face shine on your servants. Save me in your steadfast love. O Lord, let me not be put to shame, for I call upon you. Let the wicked be put to shame and let them go silently to Sheol. Let the lying lips be mute, which speak insolently against the righteous in pride and contempt. Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you and work for those who take refuge in you, in the sight of the children of mankind. In the cover of your presence you have, uh, you hide them, From the plots of men, you store them in your shelter from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has wondrously shown his steadfast love to me. When I was in a besieged city, I said in my alarm, I am cut off from your sight. But you heard the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cried to the Lord for help. So deliverance, constancy, God's protection of the righteous. And so we've had this conversation between this king and God. Now we have an admonition, a closing exhortation based on these truths. Verses 23 and 4. Love the Lord, all you his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but abundantly repays the one who acts in pride. Be strong and let your heart take courage. All you who wait for the Lord. What a wonderful thought in verse 23. Love the Lord, all you as saints. He preserves the faithful. Isn't that our very hope? That we can praise Him, be received of Him, by His mercy and grace, counted as His saints, and be preserved. So be strong. Take courage if you wait on the Lord. If you don't wait on the Lord, the third line of verse 23 is your lot. He abundantly repays the ones who act in pride. We can either take pride in ourselves or we can take our stand in the Lord. We can have self or we can have him. Those of him, let them praise him, be preserved by him, be strong and be courageous and wait on him or proceed in your own way at your own discretion, because I don't think that'll turn out too well. So, the great psalm, a messianic psalm, why have you forsaken me? Well, we know in Jesus' case, he was 
forsaken for the sake of his people, that he might suffer as a sinner for sinners, so that he might redeem those upon whom the stroke was due, taking the stroke himself, so that we can trust in him and be preserved as faithful. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Mulvane Church of Christ. Additional sermons and information available online at mulvanechurch.com. Come see what a difference the Bible way makes.